0: Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 US Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.
1: Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18-18. And 20, I will encourage you to simply leave your Bibles open while we're preaching today as we will be referring back to it over and again. A very well-known couple of verses in God's Word. Verse 18, and it reads, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Pray with me before we begin. Heavenly Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us. In Christ's name, amen. I've been telling you for a few weeks now that we were going to do a short sermon series around the idea of the family, talking about husbands and wives, children, our roles in our homes. And so you may think, well, this has nothing to do with that. That would be where you're wrong. <laughs> you see this few verses that we've read this morning precede Paul's teaching on husbands and wives, children and parents. So what does this have to do with what we're going to talk about over the next several Sundays? Well, it's the key. Really, To being the home that God has called us to be as Christians. It's the key to being the husbands and the wives, the parents and the children that God has called us to. In this chapter, in the very beginning of it, Paul began by telling us to walk in love. He said, Be imitators of God, verse 1, as beloved children. He goes on to share some more directives. He says in verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk, not as, wise, as unwise, but as wise. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. All of these things have an impact on our home life. You see, we live in a world where marriages are ending in divorce. A world where churches are splitting, are being torn apart. We live in a world where workplaces are filled with strife. What is the answer for all of those things? It's the Holy Spirit of God indwelling believers and impacting our homes, our workplaces, our churches. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can walk in harmony. You see... Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 4 that the unity of the people of God needs to be translated into our daily living. I think we'd do well to turn there for just a moment and read what Paul wrote in those verses beginning in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4. I hadn't intended to do this, but I think it would serve us this morning. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. The apostle wrote, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness in deceitful schemes listen rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with it with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it may build itself up in love now he's told us to be filled with the Spirit in chapter 5. The key to walking in that unity in our churches, in our society, and in our homes is to be filled with the Spirit in our daily lives. That's God's command, and he expects us to obey. The well known writer and preacher Warren Wearsby wrote that the command is plural. So it applies to all Christians and not just to a select few. Paul said to the Ephesian church, and he would say it to you and I today, be filled with the Spirit. Not only is it plural, but the verb is in the present tense. It means keep on being filled. It is an experience that we should enjoy constantly. It isn't a one-time thing. And the verb is also passive. And that means that we do not fill ourselves. We pray for the Spirit to fill us. In the Bible, to be filled means controlled by. And that's why there's an analogy there that we'll talk about a little bit more in a moment. Do you know that you can be controlled by anger, by jealousy, by envy, by hatred, And when a person receives Christ as their Savior, he is immediately baptized into the Spirit, into the body of Christ. But we are also told today to be filled with the Spirit. It was this filling that would give the early church the power that they needed to witness for Christ in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Wiersbe again writes that the baptism of the Spirit means that I belong to Christ's body. The filling of the Spirit means that my body belongs to Christ. Paul stated in our text today that there are three evidences of the fullness of the Spirit in the life of the believer. He says in verse 19, we're to be joyful. Verse 20, we're to be thankful. Verse 21, we're to be submissive. Now notice, just a side note here, he says nothing about miracles or tongues or other special manifestations. I've shared many times, I've talked about it. I come from a Pentecostal background. And I had it drilled into me at a young age that baptism in the Holy Spirit is, a, is, is represented by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Paul nowhere says that. The Gospels nowhere say that. God's Word nowhere says that. There are many evidences of a Spirit-filled life, but that, that isn't one of them. And this text today sort of proves that. But I want to take a look at those three evidences this morning and see how they apply to our lives. The first thing that Paul says is that we are to be joyful. We're to be joyful. In verse 18, he tells us, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. To the Lord with your heart. Now, we have to talk for just a moment about what this passage is and is not. It is not a proof text for prohibition or for the temperance movement. We have to deal honestly with this text. Many will take that one verse and lift it out of its context, the larger context of chapters four and five or the entire book of Ephesians, and they'll build a doctrine. On it, Well, be not drunk with wine. That means prohibition. That means temperance. Well, that's not what Paul is saying. Let's deal honestly with the text. And if we do it in that way, we miss the point entirely. And I don't want us to miss the point entirely today. It is a contrast and a comparison. And while Paul does explicitly say, and let me clarify, I believe this this morning, that drunkenness is sinful. Again, it isn't a proof text to make it say what you want it to say. Paul is speaking in these two verses about joy. And joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit that we find in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Christian joy is not a shallow thing that changes constantly. Did you know that you can even be joyful in pain and in suffering? Paul put it very beautifully in Philippians 4 and verse 11 when he wrote, I have learned in whatever situation I am... To be content in whatever situation, whether I'm witnessing and sharing the gospel in, in the temple to the Jews, whether I'm helping establish these churches across Asia Minor, across uh, the various regions that he traveled, or whether he was in a jail cell, Paul said, I have learned whatever situation to be content To illustrate this joy and this contentment, Paul uses the familiar image of drunkenness. And he writes, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you see the contrast there? He doesn't just give you a prohibition. He gives you the answer for it, but he's comparing and contrasting the two things. When the believers at Pentecost were filled with the Spirit, the crowd accused them of what? They accused them of being drunk in Acts chapter 2. There was such a joyfulness about them that the unbelievers could think of no better comparison that day. Well, they're drunk. Look at them. Look at them laughing. Look at them worshiping. Look at them carrying on in their fellowship. They're drunk. Well, let's compare and contrast the two as I believe Paul intended for us to do as we think about the two images there. A drunk is under the control of another force. You know, it's a sad sight when I drive downtown sometimes and I'll go by that Goshen medical area, that that, um, building full of various offices across from the old Presbyterian church. And on that corner right there, oftentimes you'll see two or three men, empty cans littered all around them, sometimes passed out on the sidewalk, the fact is that they are under the control of a force. They're under, there's a reason why it's called a spirit. And oftentimes the, the drunk is not ashamed to express himself, though what they do and say is many times shameful. They don't have any inhibitions. That's one of the things about spirits, about alcohol. It lowers your inhibition. It keeps you from being able to hide things or keep secrets. Now let's think about the believer who is filled with the Spirit. God controls his life. And the Bible tells us that in that relationship, there is complete and full joy the 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 spirit-filled Christian isn't ashamed to express that joy or to express his faith in God to others around him in contrast to the shamefulness of one controlled by a substance a Christian is unashamed of their faith and their God like those poor souls on the sidewalk a drunk is out of control their brains are affected their bodies experience a lack of self-control, but a believer experiences self-control because God is in control. One who is drunk makes a fool of himself, but the Spirit-filled Christian glorifies God and is made a fool for Christ's sake. First Corinthians 4 and 10. Instead of calling attention to ourselves, a Spirit-filled believer is a witness for Christ. It's certainly not difficult to live or to work with someone who's filled with the Spirit and joyful. It certainly isn't difficult to be married to someone, to live in communion with someone who is filled with the Spirit and is joyful. Have you found, like many Spirit-filled believers, that God is all you need? That's why Paul said, don't be controlled by the false stimulants of this world, whatever that is. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Be joyful, Paul says. When we... Our spirit filled, we will be a joyful people. But continuing on, he tells us that we will be a thankful people. I want to ask you this morning a simple question. Don't answer out loud. Are you thankful? A sincerely thankful person realizes that he is enriched because of others. A mark of humility. A person who, in contrast, thinks that the world owes them a living. They are never thankful for anything. They think that... They're doing others a favor by permitting them to serve him. But a thankful heart is humble. A thankful heart gladly acknowledges God as the giver of every good and perfect gift. James chapter 1. And Paul here commands his readers to be thankful for all things in all times. And that is proof itself that what he's writing about here is the spirit-filled life because We could never obey that commandment to give thanks in all things, to be joyful at all times. Remember, again, Paul was a prisoner when he wrote these words, yet he was thankful for what God was doing in him. He was thankful for what God was doing through him. To quote Wearsby again, he says that when a Christian finds himself in a difficult situation, he should immediately give thanks to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Spirit to keep his heart from complaining and fretting. Are you thankful? Or are you a complainer? I know Christian people who would rather complain, bellyache, gripe over anything else. Lives that are marked by problem after problem. And they want everyone to know about it. I'm always sick. I miss the good old days when... Things were the way that they used to be. I don't have any money. I can't catch a break. Just constantly belly aching for everyone to hear. And what happens when we do that? I tell I tell my girls all the time. You know, they'll something will happen, and I said, "Well, that's the devil." And I said, "Well, don't blame everything on the devil. Don't blame everything. Sometimes it's our own stupidity." <laughs> But there are some things that are the devil's fault. And when we constantly live in that mindset, the devil moves right in. Complaining just keeps that door open for more and more problems, more and more complaining. But thanksgiving in the Spirit defeats our enemy and it glorifies God. First Thessalonians 5 verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will that you not be a complaining person. The word gratitude, this is interesting, comes from the same root word as grace. And if we have experienced the grace of God, then we ought to be grateful for what God brings to us. Filled with God's Spirit, we will be a thankful people. But there's one last thing Paul points us to. When filled with God's Spirit, we will be submissive people. Now, we don't like that word. (laughs) And we're going to look at it several times over the next several weeks, so we might as well get used to it. But he says in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Paul applies the principle of harmony to husbands and wives from here forward to parents and children in chapter 6, to masters and servants, but he begins with an admonition to submit to each other in the body of Christ. You see, I believe he knew that it would be easier pill for us to swallow in our homes if we first realized that it was something we practiced in the household of God. It'll be easier for us to practice in the household of God if it's something that we're practicing in our homes. Often, Jesus tried to teach His disciples in the Gospels not to to throw their weight around, not to seek to become the greatest among their brethren. And unfortunately, as we often do, we fail to learn that lesson and even at the Last Supper they were arguing over who would be the greatest in Luke 22. And then we see the picture of Jesus washing the disciples' feet and He taught them that the greatest is the one who uses His authority to build up the people. Very sadly, I know many pastors and church leaders whose M.O. is to tear people down and not To build them up. And that should not be so. Brothers and sisters. One day if the Lord tarries. I'll no longer be the pastor here. If a man begins to fill this pulpit. Who tears down constantly. Who berates and belittles. Know that that is not of God. God. By nature, we want to promote ourselves, but the Holy Spirit enables us to submit to others. It tells us in Romans 12 and 10 that we are to to esteem others more important than ourselves. And you know, this is often, this idea of submission, this is often my number one argument when I hear people say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. While theoretically that may be true in theory, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? And who has commanded us as the people of God to assemble together as the people of God, to worship Him in spirit and in truth, and to serve our community, our Lord Himself? His Word commands us. And that means that we don't stay home just because we don't feel like going, or just because our friends or our family aren't there today. It doesn't mean that we just get to stay home and watch it on Facebook because I just don't want to go. It means that we don't promote our own agendas in the church or try to establish ourselves as the head over such and such. Paul is telling us to submit to one another. Now, let me tell you what that doesn't mean. I've just shared it with you, but let me say it authoritatively. It doesn't mean that all of you just simply submit to me. Amen. I got one amen. (laughs) It means that. It does. It means that the body of Christ submit to the shepherds, the elders, the pastors of the church. But you know what it also means? It means that I submit to the elders of the church, to the deacons of the church, to the congregation. It means that the older women in the church Serve and submit to the men in the church, that the young ladies serve and submit to the older ladies in the church, and so on and so forth. We are to submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for Christ. I've heard people say about pastors in the past well, this is my church and I'll be here long after he's gone. It is not your church and with that attitude you may not be there long after he's gone and it isn't my church brothers and sisters no it's mine in the sense that these are my people this is my local congregation that i belong to and i give thanks to god for that but it's not mine in the sense that i control it it's not yours in the sense that you run it and you tell it what it's going to do and how it's going to do it. We are called to submit to one another because the church belongs to Christ. It is His bride. We are called to belong to it, to support the work and ministry of it, to encourage, to build up, to be there, to submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for our Lord. And filled with God's Spirit, we will be a submissive people. And as we see in the following couple of Sundays, for going to be spirit-filled in our marriages, spirit-filled in our homes, our relationships with our children, then we must be a spirit-filled people. We must be filled with. His Spirit. So as we conclude today, I ask you, are you filled with God's Spirit? Now this is not an exhaustive list of the, the Spirit's accomplishment in our lives. We would have to take a tour through the New Testament to fully understand all that the Spirit brings, all that the Spirit does in our lives. But these three things are excellent indicators that we are filled are you joyful? Are you thankful? Are you submissive? If not, brothers and sisters, I, I beseech you today to empty yourself of yourself and to pray now that God would do this in you. And The promise of His Word is that if you ask, He will do it. And so I say to you as we close, Pineview Baptist Church, be filled with the Spirit of God. This is God's Word. It is for us as people. Thanks be to God for it. Father, we love You and we pray today for Your Spirit to fall on us. Breathe on us breath of God. Fill us with life anew that we may love as Thou dost love and do what Thou wouldst do. Help us, Lord, in our relationship with one another. And as we'll see in the next couple of Sundays, our relationship in our homes, to be joyful and thankful and submissive to our brothers and our sisters. It's in the name of Christ we pray and ask these things that God's people said.
0: If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.